If you've ever felt like an imposter, struggled with insecurities, or battled your inner critic, then this podcast is for you. Embrace humility and gain access to your real self by unlocking the power within you. So here's your host, Dimple Bindra. Welcome to another episode of Supercharge Your Soul's Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, Dimple Bindra, and I have Yonika Holmes today. She is a former Google executive with an impressive 19-year career where she led global teams in areas like smartphones, cloud, and marketing. With dual MBAs and a role as a faculty member at the Google School for Leaders, her leadership style is deeply empathetic and heart-first. Beyond her corporate prowess, Yonika is an artist, a mother, and a Silicon Valley immigrant with Greek and Albanian roots. She's a certified integral coach who draws on her own experiences with transitions and burnout to guide others towards authenticity and embracing their unique narratives. Her vibrant multicultural perspective makes her a distinctive voice in the realm of leadership coaching. Welcome to the show, Unika. Unique, I'm so excited that you're here on the show today. And I love that pink coat. I wish I owned one. Thank you so much. Where did I get it? I think I got it in Italy when I was shopping with my aunts. So, Oh, so European. Very nice. So, Unika, I'm really intrigued by your journey, especially your experiences during a civil war. Could you share with us what was that like and how it has shaped you on the person that you are today? Yes, yes. Um, very good starting question, Dimple. So many, so many layers to talk about there. So I'm originally from Albania and from Greece. And when I was in high school, my senior year of high school, uh, Albania went through a civil unrest. And I remember both parts. I remember the 18-year-old that wanted to dance. So I was playing the music loud and just wanting to dance, even though there's a war going on around us and civil unrest. And my grandmother saying, what are you doing? We don't want to attract folks here. You and your sister are young. Bad things happen during the war. You know that. Mm-hmm. And I remember hating beans because we ate beans and rice on days on end because that's basically what we had and I also remember having this strong faith that everything was going to be okay even though there were guns and shooting school was done it was supposed to be my senior year there was supposed to be a prom none of that was happening for a few months and there was just this sense within me that it was going to be okay so those are a few things wow that you know I'm I I'm pretty surprised because it's it's so hard to even be in that environment and look at you today, you know, which our audience is going to love to uncover the journey of Unika Hoons. So my next question is, you've made some really bold decisions in your career. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about a particular significant big bet that you took? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And what drove you to make that leap? Uh, so there's one big bet that we can talk about, which is me leaving Google after 19 years to be a business coach. But before that, what empowered that was actually I was in a nonprofit. I had finished my school for political science and Spanish. I was going to go work for United Nations. And in between, I was doing this nonprofit work for a couple of years, San Jose. And Google came 19 years ago. They rented the place out and they literally shut down the museum. And I walked outside and there was so much food. And I I love there was food and a petting zoo. And I was like, what is this? Is this for real? And I sent a cover letter that I don't even know how they took it seriously. It was a couple of words and sentences. And I basically said, I'm Yonika. I'm not from here. I speak a few languages. I've got a political science degree. And I think I should be in the leadership team. I don't have a master's degree or leadership experience, but if you've got a role as a vice president or director or manager, please let me know. And reach out. And I was like, which of the leadership roles is it? And they're like, um, neither. You can start as a contractor. <laughs> amazing. So that was the beginning of not caring of, uh, yeah, that I'm not qualified, but the passion and the power and the purpose was there. So <laughs> wanted to share that story of youthful folly or whatever that, uh, that got me to the spot. So our women listeners will love this. Girls, Unika is telling you that, hey, take a shot. Doesn't matter if you think you can make a difference in someone's life, maybe in a company, in a business. And she made a difference in Google, all right? The top company in the world right now. She made a difference there for 19 goddamn years. Okay, so I'm very curious now. You worked at Google and you worked with so many talented individuals and must have been quite an experience, right? Right, yeah, yeah. It was it was really magical, honestly, because 19 years ago, I started as a contractor. It was very stressful. They would hire people and let them go every single day. And there were no machines to look at advertising and no machine learning and figure out, do we show this to families or do we show this to students? So they would hire folks like us right out of college, and we would go in and look at an ad. There were ads for bird diapers. There were ads for balloons, ads for cars. I mean, you name it. And we would literally go in and we'd be like, okay, who is the audience that should be watching this ad? And we had to do 2,000 ads that we would look every single day. So going from that beginning, what kept me going was the fact that I knew deep down that I was a creative and I had this I don't know if it's magician energy or just this desire to see the magical no matter what it was and here I'm in a business setting and there's all these folks that are like uh, my degree is from Duke in accounting or Yale or all these big name schools and I'd gone to this liberal arts school in Tennessee it's a small college studied poli sci so I always felt this imposter syndrome before I would say political science and Spanish. Oh, and I'm not American. And do you hear my accent? So there was this voice that was always like, your accent is so loud. Don't talk. Don't tell them what you studied. You'll be found out. 
fit in. And sometimes it got really loud. And sometimes I was like, I hear you, but I'm going to ignore you. And because I ignored it, I was able to lead a team that was global, build a billion-dollar book of business for Google by traveling all around the world and make all sorts of changes whenever I felt comfortable. And that voice would be like, we are comfortable. We don't get seen. I'd be like, yeah, I hear you, but I'm going to ignore you. And I'm going to channel that 22-year-old that was like, I have a master's degree, but I think I should be a VP. <laughs> so. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That is like, you know, hats off like the best story I've ever heard of imposter syndrome so far. So, Yanika, you mentioned you would listen to that voice of imposter syndrome and then you would ignore it. That's great. But how did you manage those feelings of imposter syndrome that kept on coming day in, day out? Because you're working with these credible people around you yeah. and you were probably in the room, probably feeling small mm -hmm. than them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know for sure, like every time I would go teach yoga in a class, I felt very, very, very small, even though I was in the front of the room and everyone was my student, but I felt small. So how did you manage those feelings? Yeah. And just as you're saying that, like I'm feeling the energy in my body start moving as I'm, as I'm remembering the times that I did feel small. In fact, there was this one time I'm in the room and we I had just changed teams from leading this billion dollar industry in AdWords in online advertising, I had pivoted to selling Android phones and closing these mega deals with Motorola and Nokia. And I knew nothing about the industry. They would say all these terms, SOC, OEM. And I'm like, I don't understand a word that's coming out of these people's mouths. Is it because I'm an immigrant or is it because just they talk in acronyms? And I asked a question that I wasn't sure if it was good or not. And this guy, we were peers, he literally hushed me. He put his hand up and he was like, and then he looked at another peer in the room and he said, what is your question? Oh. And in that moment, I'm like, did, did he just hush me? <laughs> like we are peers, we are colleagues. And the other guy, I still remember it. This is where the role of allies comes in when that voice is like, and that voice was really loud. That voice was like, you just asked a dumb question. You don't get the space. Don't ask questions. Don't get figured out. And that other person that was there, Savio, Savio says, actually, my question is her question. Wow. And I was just like, okay, yeah. So to answer your question, sometimes we do it ourselves. And sometimes we say we're scared. And we'll look at the other person that will be our backup and our ally. And sometimes I know that this audience doesn't believe in doing everything themselves. And sometimes there's a force bigger than us, whether you call that universe or God or humanity. You just put it out there and you say, I'm going to let go of control and have this tsunami of inner gremlins do whatever the heck they do. They mean well, but I'm still going to own my power and my purpose, no matter how loud they are. Amazing. Damn. I'm getting chills listening to you. And of course, watching you share that story. And as if I'm in the room when you're speaking, like that's how powerful your story is. So what would you say when it comes to, you know, you're a leader and leading with empathy is a strength. 
-hmm. Yet it can sometimes lead to burnout. Yes. And so how have you navigated this in your journey, especially in like high pressure environments? And I'm just rambling here, but I know Unika from a long time ago. And there were days, 6 a.m. in the morning, where we would do yoga in her in her bedroom. And she would she would go on and on. I'm like, damn, girl, 6 a.m. in the morning. How can you still think and have so many thoughts? And I remember I did not know how it was like, you know, and how your day started and how you would go enter. Because my job was just come, teach you yoga, meditation, move on to the next session. But your job was go into those room of assholes sorry to say and then you know take up their shit sometimes and sometimes you had to just own it and be that woman who you are come home and all their shitty conversations in your mind is rambling through your head and you're like i don't know am i doing the right thing should i stay should i go should i stay should i go so maybe my my question is i'm sorry that i'm going into this deep story but I want to really know, how did you lead with empathy being a leader? Yeah. Not well is, I guess, <laughs> the answer. Uh, so for the folks in the audience that are empaths and that are sensitive, that we're feeling the energy of other people, we go in into the room and we already know what's happening in person's lives without them saying. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. And it's also, if we don't know how to channel it, a curse. So in the beginning of leading teams, and I've led teams for the past 15 years at Google, I've led them across product operations, marketing, partnerships, so and, and engineering too. <laughs> I also did a stint in engineering without knowing anything about engineering. I was incredibly empathetic. So folks would say, I can't do it. Then I'd say, I do it for you. Um, leaders, direct reports. And actually there was a senior leader. He pulled me aside. And he said, we want you to get to director, Yonika. You've got all that it takes to get to the next level. But I want to point out that your empathy is destructive. And I was like, I have never heard the term disruptive or destructive empathy. What do you mean? And he said, you, your boundaries are not there. You're just giving. And, and he's like, there's going to be a point that this is your body is not going to be able to take it. And when he said it, I was early 30s. So I was like, what's he talking about? Like, my body does what my mind says. Like, that's how this thing works. It's a very transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. I say, oh, you go. But it stuck with me. And in all honesty, there was a time that I, I did get burnt out. And I had to realize, one, why am I giving? Is it an addiction? Or am I giving because I do want to help? So figuring out why are you giving? What is the purpose? Are you a people pleaser? Are you codependent? Are you giving because there's a beauty and more that can be done as a community? Then the second part is being very clear about our boundaries. Just because we are empaths does not mean that we're going to be a happiness pump for others. Constantly being happy. Mm -hmm. If we shove it down, put it in the garbage. No, no, I, I exist to serve you and your happiness. No. Accept all the emotions. There's no good. There's no bad. And then the third one is really important. Whatever tools listeners are using, whether it's the Enneagram or Strength Finder, figure out what is your personality trait 
and how you can operate outside of that. Because if we're within it and we think, oh, that's what I do. I'm a helper. That's my role. I'm a middle kid. That's my role. I'm the obedient child. That's my role. I am the giving mother. That's my role. Finding ways to get an identity outside of that. That is not the one that constantly gives without asking. Do I want to say no right now? And if I want to say no, can I say no? And how do I do that? Even though the stomach will be like, you can't say no. You literally feel like a rock in the stomach. You feel the tightening of the shoulders. You want to play small. You're like, just say yes. How can you say no with intentionality? That becomes important in being an empathic leader, especially in Silicon Valley. Wow. This is great stuff. This is amazing because one of the things that I always am teaching is how to say no, how to say no. And a lot of times women just don't get it. But you're you're saying, hey, say no, but with intentionality. And mm-hmm. that that is a piece that I never knew that we need to really practice, correct? Because if yes. we keep practicing, it'll get easier and easier. <laughs> where we can just say like, we can just use the two letter powerful word. Awesome. So that brings me to my next question. You've made such a significant transition from Google and now to coaching. Mm -hmm. So, and I know that's a very, very big dream to achieve where you probably had thoughts of, should I be doing this or should I not be doing this? Mm -hmm. So can you share what inspired you to make this change happen? And how did you make it happen? So I'm looking up. Let me see if I can get it. I'm looking up at this vision board that uh-huh. I built maybe 10 years ago. And it says, and in the back I wrote, let me be the light in dark places. Let me be the healer when there is hatred. Let me be your love. And in the front, it says speaker, author, coach. So I've been looking at this for literally 10 years. And I remember the turning moment were two dreams. One dream where I dreamt that I had this wonderful opportunity that required me to leave Google. And I woke up and it was a nightmare. I was like, oh my gosh, thank God that's a dream. I, this is paying me really well. I get to travel everywhere. My kids are happy. They want to go to the best schools they can. Like, which kind of mother decides to let all of that go, start paying for health insurance out of pocket, Mm -hmm. and does that at a time when my partner is starting his startup? So he's not in a place to help out financially yet. So which breadwinning person in their right mind says, no, thank you, I'm leaving. But what really helped was actually this dream, another dream that I had a few years ago. You've probably seen the the posters where the cat is looking at the mirror and sees the lion instead. Have you seen Uh some of those? Yes, yes. It was the inverse of that dream. I dreamt that I was showing up in my life as a chicken. Uh And this voice said, you are a dragon. Why are you feeding your life as a chicken? So, and it just made me think of this complete identity confusion of this person that has got so much power and fire and passion and is playing small. And it's like looking in the ground and leading life like a chicken that is going to get hurt at any moment. And I was like, why am I so scared? 
And I just decided in baby steps. I'm not saying it's easy. There's days that I'm like, what the crap was I thinking? That was an awesome salary. Wonderful perks. 25 days of vacation. Like, come on. I could work from home. They were super flexible. But I also wake up on Mondays and I control my days. And I know that I want to heal people who are suffering and be that healer in the places of darkness. Breathe in the darkness. Breathe out love. And that's what I'm going with. That if I could help people sell cars, sell online advertising, review large bird diaper ads, that when we bring ourselves fully, universe, God, whatever it is, will appreciate that ability to, to be used. So that's the bet. I'm the guinea pig of this belief. Uh, let's talk in a year. <laughs> If it's needed or not, but I'm putting it to test. You, you're going to stay, you're going to fly just like the dragon and you are going to keep feeling the strength within and sharing your power to the outside world. I already know it because that's the woman who you are. And I know that is that is going to happen 100%. And you know what? We, yes, in a year from now, maybe we should do this podcast again. Let's do it. And, and yeah, and then you are going to share your entire story of, hey, here is what I spoke back then. And here is, I'm still here standing strong. So, Yonika, what, uh, what is your advice? And this is my last question. What is your advice to a woman who is probably at another company like Google, who just hates her boss or her coworkers, does not want to be there, is questioning her life? wants to do something totally different, probably does not even have a clue what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Would it, what would be the first baby steps that she should take? I love this question because that is exactly the kind of persona that I coach. Um, and it's that persona because that was me for several yeah. years. I On pilot, doing soul-sucking and lovely work. It wasn't, just, but just toward the end, I was kind of, my body knew that it was time to go, but I just didn't know how to make it work. A couple of things. Um, I would definitely start journaling and it can be literally as easy as just three pages where you are writing. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. I have absolutely nothing to say. Why am I doing this? Why did Yonika say this to me? And why did Dimple recommend it? This is ridiculous. If that's all you have to say, that's what you're right. So journaling is the first part because that inner voice that wants to speak truth that says, maybe it's time for you to do something different. is like a timid child where you've been the stern parent and you've said, no, don't dream, don't say, don't talk. And it's kind of scared to come out. So journaling will bring that voice out. That's the first part. The second thing that I would do is have some time in nature, whether it's go out there hug a tree, dig your feet into the ground, go to the beach. It's called in multiple cultures, nature bathing, forest bathing, and there's such value in just letting that anxiety that resides in the body just be transformed. Because to say I'm anxious, but I'm going to follow my dream, it's unrealistic. It's in the body, hands shake, stomach feels tight, your shoulders are tightened, your neck feels like you're carrying boulders up the hill. So finding ways to transmute that energy into something different would be through nature would be the second step. 
Third one, if you can find a coach or if you find an accountability buddy or a community of dreamers like you, where you can hold each other accountable, that would be wonderful too. And there's a few good books. There is a book called Finding Your Own North Star by Martha Beck that is actually a coach for Oprah that I personally read to lead with intuition rather than my head. Um, there's another book called Big Leap, really tiny book, but really good about the beliefs that hold us back. And the third one specifically for women, Playing Big by Tara Moore. So one of those start wherever you want with those three things. So journaling, nature time, books, community. And then last but not least, figure out how to bring in all those practices you have at your work. If you are a project planner, how can you bring those skills to project plan this dream? If you are in product marketing and you take things to market, how can you take this dream to market? If you're an engineer and a designer, what are the best practices of crafting a good product that will help you in getting baby steps? I didn't wake up and think I'm going to be a coach and made it happen. It took years for that and financial planning and heart-to-heart conversations with my partner where I was like, I am ready to go. There's no reason why. Uh, but those those would be the top five things that I would say as steps to get going from here to closer to that dream. Oh, thank you, Yonika. And how can our audience reach out to you? Uh, so you can reach me on LinkedIn, Yonika Holmes. You can reach me out through my website, which is integralisleadership.com. Hopefully, Dimple, you'll follow up because I know that's difficult to, to spell. But on LinkedIn or through the website or yonika at gmail.com. Uh, all three, happy to to help out folks that were in a similar place as I was. You helped me, Dimple, when I was in some really dark places by introducing me to meditation and groundedness and yoga and staying present. So I'm just passing forward what you helped me with. Thank you, Yunika. It was such a wonderful conversation. And I'm sure our women listeners who are struggling today where they are feeling stuck can definitely learn from you. And they will look forward to talking to you again or listening to you again. I'm yeah, a year from now. From now <laughs> so that we know that you're still coaching your and you're still your executive coach and being your best self and i love the background where it says you are loved i want to tell you this yonika you are so loved and you are going to get a lot of love just because that's what you're sharing to the world so thank you so much for being on our show supercharge your soul podcast and to all our women listeners metamorphosis not medication namaste bye So that's it for today's episode of Supercharge Your Soul's Transformation. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing of a $15,000 value private VIP day with Dimple Bindra herself. Be sure to head on over to superchargeyoursoulpodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Dimple's Gift. And join us next time.